Hey, what's up, people? We got a lot to cover, man. Championship series for the AVP had three parts, and they just finished part three of the three-part championship series, the Porsche Cup. Going to talk a little bit about that. Got a little NBA on tap for you guys. And, of course, the UFC, and not to mention our favorite sports movie of the week. But for now, let's get this started. This episode, episode 28, starts right now. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Hey, what's good, people? We are back. We are returning for our 28th consecutive episode. Eat your heart out, first take. Even Skip Bayless and Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith took a vacation. But there is no vacation for my man Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. I am Jason DeBeas. Thank you for having us in your living room or wherever you may be. Got a lot on tap today. We're going to talk about the NBA. Ooh, Jonathan Eisenstein. Stood. Ooh. Popovich stood for the national anthem. Ooh, boogie, 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 boogie. A small U, uh, uh, event for the UFC. Um, I really, really have a soft spot for De Derek Brunson, but that wasn't my favorite match. And for the, for those of you guys I want to uh, uh, find out which one it is, tune in and I'm going to tell you. Sport, uh, favorite sports movie of the week. We rate it, we rate it by the McKibben Beards. Here we go. But first on tap, Rob, first we're going to talk about the AVP. And if you do not succeed, Rob, try, try and try again. <laughs> Get one of those three tries. Make his last name Born. Equip him with a Trevor, with whose last name is actually Crab. And they have secured first place, unseating Phil, Phil and Nick, breaking Phil and Nick's two-match winning streak, two-tournament win streak. And my question to you is, I'm going to get right to the nitty-gritty. Trevor and Try, was this win an anomaly? Or is it, is it a win that shows, uh, that's showing everybody they have arrived? Uh, yeah, for me, it's absolutely that they've arrived. I think they arrived back in Rome uh, when they were killing it way back then. Um, I think they, they surprised everybody there just at the level that they were playing. And now I think they just capitalized on it. You know, playing against premier competition in the last three weeks, I think it's shown that they want to improve, that they want to upgrade their system and, and, and be dominant and not just, you know, fall into whatever system they're playing. They're just, you know, trying to ball out. And I, I don't think there's there's not really any – I mean, they're, they're trying to run a lot of options They're trying to keep it quick, but you know, they're not trying to do anything out of the ordinary, you know, they're just playing good, clean volleyball. And I think that, um, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't really see Nick and Phil, you know, it, it, the, the, the craziest thing at this point is you got to think of it as it's the Olympics right now. You know, a lot of teams took off and did not. And some teams like are, are, are rare are, are roaring towards the 2021, but right now would be the Olympics. So I'm not saying this is the best Phil and Nick we would have seen, but, Phil looks like it's the best Phil we were going to see. And, uh, you know, Nick, I'm not saying he doesn't look good, but I wasn't really putting them on the medal stand if he wasn't siding out at a higher percentage. And that's still the, the caveat of their team is, does Nick side out the high percentage? But past all of that, Try and Trevor, to me, have just been the most impressive American team. And it's sad that they were not going to be involved in the Olympics or they were, they're almost on the edge of not going. But for me, they were the most exciting team. Um, they have the most energy out of the three teams. You know, they, they play the game like gritty and tough. Um, I just, I, it may not be the prettiest all the time, but they do, they're, they're, they're calm under pressure. And I think that's, you know, a, a sight for sore eyes, you know, because 
A lot of yeah. teams kind of break. They were the team that break. You know, Trevor was that guy who broke, you know, in those moments. So this to see him come through and uh and to call out, guarantee the win the night before, you know, whether he's just doing it with the buddies or, you know, saying it, just, you know, singing a different tune. So it was great, great to see and glad to hear. Um, I got to agree with you, Rob. I got to agree with you. I don't think this was an anomaly. I thought that this was not only showing that they've arrived, but I sh- but that their arrival was long overdue. Their 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 flight was delayed, right? You know, and they had to change flights, and they, and sometimes they you, they make the people wait. Uh, but sooner or later, they got to uh, with their skill set and their ability, they got to get on the on on the plane and fly and land and and show the people that they are here. And they have shown that last weekend. They showed that uh, in a lot of four star and five star series as well. I remember the five star in Hamburg made it to the semifinals. You you lose to you know you lose to the Russians, Karishnikov and Stoyanovsky. That's not a bad thing, especially if you took the first set. If you lose to uh, uh, the um, for the bronze, for third place, you lose to Mall and Sorum. It's not a bad thing, especially if you took the first set. These these are these are matches against high quality teams. Not no, whoa, 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 not high quality teams. The best teams in the world. Okay, the best teams in the world. We we have a couple of American teams sniffing the top ten, the the, the lower echelon of the top ten. Crab and Gib, whatever, just on points in this. But let's call it what it is. I this team, I've never been so intrigued, and at the same time, um, left scratch my head how they can beat and compete competition that's better than anything the AVP has to offer and at the same time can't even win a domestic tournament it's I, I think it's more about styles making matchups one and two I, I just think Phil and Nick uh, spend a lot of time in a video room and if and honestly if you're if you're if you're you have Rich Lamborn as your coach, my guess is Jake uh, Jay, uh, Jay Gibb and Taylor Crab do too. That that dude breeds volleyball indoor, indoor, outdoor grass. You and me last just a few months ago have a, a new respect for the guy for the work he's put in. But to answer the question, I mean, I'm just repeating what you said. That they have they have arrived, and I'm so glad because there are teams that move the volleyball needle where they generate interest of the fans who don't play the sport. Uh, but um, and there are some people that don't but their dominance and their consistency forces people's eyes like phil dalhauser don't think he's a particularly interesting person sorry phil you're not um i saw you on the podcast though uh but but um it's it's you either do it through sheer dominance of will right misty may uh i don't think she's i think she's interesting but not particularly interesting um uh, carrie walsh is but they got the personality they, they, everybody loves Triborn. He's dazzling. The man jump set. He jump serves. He's his crossbody cutback on a line is like you can jump into it and still miss it. He sees the court. He he's dynamic. Trevor Crab is like tre- Taylor Crab on steroids. <laughs> okay, Ta- you know what? Let's take Taylor Crab. Let's pump him up a little bit, man. You know, and, and actually, if you can, let's make him a little taller. <laughs> Got Trevor. Big up to Taylor Crabb, who's also an interesting player, but I, I, I've always found his brother more intriguing than him with respect to Taylor, who's, who's, as far as people arriving is concerned, right? We can say the same thing about him. Um, and Jay Gibbs, like his general nutrition, has given him uh, uh, an opportunity to reinvent his game. Phil and Nick, uh, um, are always dominant in the beginning of season. So in light of the fact there's a three cup series, we knew, we kind of knew, we weren't surprised that they won the first two, but we were kind of expecting anyone whose last name was Crab to to, to um, sneak in and take that third one. 
Yeah, I mean, two things with that. Um, one, I would have to say, like, the coaching. I think the coaching, because uh, uh, Rich Lamborn, I believe he he coaches uh, Taylor Jake and, and Jake, Taylor. Yeah. But yeah. Phil and Nick are coached by, and I'm forgetting his name right now. I know. I'm, I'm tra- it's so terrible. He's one of my favorite defenders when he's playing. Yeah. He's like Jace, Jace, Lucky. It's a J. Lucky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jason Lucky. There you go. And he's an indoor, um, indoor men's team. That's why I remember. Mm. Right. But again, a great defensive minded player, you know, really smart guy. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not the right choice, but you have behind Trevor and try a Jose Loyola, uh, Leandro, like, these guys are Olympic level coaches. I'm not saying those guys aren't, but have won on an Olympic level in a whole different uh, country. Um, and you know, I think there are a di- like there are differences between practice coaches, play coaches, like uh, in-game coaches, um, situational coaches. Right? Uh, there's just a lot of different types of coaches. So I'm not trying to say anybody's not great or it is great, but clearly some teams are making big jumps and big leaps in the style of play and how their game uh, can be efficient around the things that they're great at. And I think I really do start to see it in the last week or so from Phil and Nick with all the options with Phil jump serving. I know this is the time off, but it's just the idea that that's what that team needs to be successful. Uh, You can't just be flow serving and expect to get the type of defensive plays you get. Um, no, not when Miles Parchain's going to jump set on you and, right. and, and you Lo- know, it's just, Loomis it's, is going to blow you up on an open net. You know, Right. It's too creative now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just or people are too big. The ball's going too fast. Like you need to have a little bit of service pressure. Um, but the thing with Trevor and Try, though, is their coaching style is perfect for their game style. It's perfect for the type of players they are, where they're both tweeners, not really a blocker, not really a defender, but they're kind of both. Um, it's just perfect ball control, keep the ball in play, run around a lot, make moves on defense. Like the Brazilian system is made for those two guys to play. It is. You know? And I just feel like that, whether it's the practicing, the in-game conversation, uh, that was the biggest uh, X factor in that game. Because uh, yeah. I felt like Trevor and Try, they were always confident, always on it, always trying to push the narrative, even if they were down, even if they were up. You know, they were always uh, in control of the game, I felt. And I, I usually watching Phil and Nick, there's nobody in control of the game more than Phil. And Phil had his moments, but that's what they were. They were moments. Yeah. And they were, they, they were even runs, you know, but they weren't uh, the whole game, one person dominating over two guys. It's just not going to happen like that. Yeah. You know? and, well, you know, it's just... The cool thing about uh, playing Phil this time around is we, I, I was talking about, we, we kind of got on the players last week about doing your homework, you know, and I know them are like, oh, I do watch video. I do. I know they're probably at home like, oh, I do watch video. I do do my homework. And, and I'm like, no, you don't, because you wouldn't be letting that bull, bull job happen. Um, on Phil's options, a lot of wrist away off of that goofy foot. And Phil did have some kills on it, but that's how you want Phil to earn his buck. Have you noticed, like on his options, he 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 had to um, instead of that cut back, which has which is like so hard to stop in your twitch reaction. He had to go a lot across court, and he was painting it, and he was getting kills that way too. But yeah. but anytime you make you make someone in their forties uh, work and earn that buck, 
guess what? <laughs> you know, if, if you're setting yourself up for the long game, maybe probably yes. in the second set, things are going to change. If there's a third set at the end, maybe you got something, but maybe, maybe he's going to drill one of those, one of those into the tape or hit it, or hit it wide, uh, which, which we saw one or two. So, um, yeah, man, great, great debate. <laughs> we agree again. Um, here's my second question is, um, I'm no long introduction. I'm just going to ask it flat out. Um, Kleiman and Ross, after this weekend, are they the heavy favorites to win the gold next year? Um, I'll go first. My answer is yes. My answer is yes, um, because I thought you're going to see, look, great coaching by the European teams. You're going to see good, good and great coaching by the Brazilian teams. And you're, you're going to see these these uh, anomalies, I'm going to use the word again, where the, the wheels come off and, and you'll see Kleiman and Lo Ross lose 2-0 to a team that, that you didn't see coming. Like, if you remember the Very checks true. last year, it was, I think that was Rome. That was the last they're, five start. I was they're Rome. good, though. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe not that, but, you know, they're good. They're a good team. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, set up for the long game, set up for training, uh, watching videotape on each other and t uh, uh, exercising tactics around you know, to try to take away what people do best when it comes full circle. If there's an Olympics next year, uh, if if the Canadians can't beat them, if they crack the code in the Canadians, I don't. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna win the gold. I think they're gonna win the gold because stylistically, the the team that gave them problems because because you have the best the best one of the best back row defenders and a girl who you know who takes it personally when she misses a block. <laughs> it's personal to her, you know. She's mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, your thoughts. Will they will they win the gold next year? Um are they the favorites um off of beating, you know, the, the small cuz again, this is a pretty small grouping and most of the women AVP, you know, no offense to them, but this is just kind of what it is. Yeah. You know, most of them are three-star and down. Um, so it's not as yeah. highly competitive, you know, for Agreed. the entire tournament. Yeah. U.S. But is second place team, that, right, is like... But saying yeah. that, that's still, you know, they're, they're still in great condition for a finals game. And I really do think we get to see that where we get to see jump serves every time. You know, we get to see big swings, you know, long rallies because, you know, they have that energy. So um, different game, but breaking it down i feel that um the canadians have kind of hit that reset you know going back into the another year-long process into getting ready for the olympics um because just just you know watching them before play and then watching them now uh they play the same brand of game of ball but you know the it takes a lot i don't know why it, it feels like this but to me it feels like it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of um, uh, want to, to for them to just do their system because right. there's not really a lot of option plays. There's not really a lot of, you know, it's really one, two, three ball, make the right choice, yeah. make the right move. And with and a lefty a lot of hustle, too. a I lot mean, of yeah. long rallies. Yeah, with the lefty, you know, maybe take a little bit more of the court. You know, one this one girl gets served. Melissa gets served a lot, you yeah. know, and that's, uh, you know, figuring out a way to make that offense a little bit more efficient. To, to score easier so that teams don't, you know, make them, you know, have long rallies just to score their side out point, And then they got to go and play defense. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's kind of the issue with that team. Um, but I think that's easily kind of ironed out. And I just believe that those two Canadian girls, you know, and there's a lot of teams out there that, I, you know, matchups make, you know, teams make matchups. So mm -hmm. if you – I think the Brazilians present a lot of problems for Alex and uh, April. Um, but if we're just talking about those two teams, who kind of usually comes down to a lot of the time, 
I just feel that there's a higher uh, IQ, beach IQ, as well as um, just like entrusting and, and knowing that they have a system that they want to do a certain thing and they're on the same page so, so much mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe one person kind of dragging the other person along like, hey, you got to do this and kind of teach them on the go. I still think that's where April and Alex are. And I don't think that'll really ever leave Alex's career because it took her no. so long to get onto the beach. No, um, you know what? In, in a think, high competitive level. And like her her uh, rapid ascensions gained so much attention. I think people forget the fact that, that April's level of consistency has remained savage. So I, I, I actually would like to take the time, um, just a couple of seconds, I actually right now and say, big up to April Ross. Great state in great physical condition. Her, her, her muscle mass, as far as like what she's carrying and how she uses it is perfect for her, you know, for her body type. Right. Uh, her jump serve to space was, and I don't mean to sound sexist about it, it was dude worthy. Uh, she was just getting aces that were literally blown by people's left and right arm. You know, something you, you see more in the men's game, <laughs> the men's indoor game. <laughs> um, so yeah, Alex, and, and I wanted to uh, bring that to everybody's attention because Alex's, Alex's ascension and what she's become has been so, so has been a revolution. That's not, a, that hasn't been an evolution. She's, she got good right away. And she, she's, this woman's going for straight for greatness. And, you know, in college, she, she, she missed out on a couple of finals. So I know there's some kind of big moment that, that, that she, she wants to have before, you know, she, she, she hangs up her, her volleyball, volleyball, you know, sand socks. So, um, yep. So third question, um, and then we're going to close the door in the AVP. Um, actually, we're just kidding. I feel like we're just getting started, but what addition to the broadcast team did you like the most in this, in this three series, this three cup series? Um, I mean, me personally, I, I just like a very analytical, uh, uh, and I was thinking about this a lot because I didn't personally enjoy the the commentary on, you know, Amazon Prime. And that's not, you know, going to say that they're not good commentators. You know, I just being around the sport enough would appreciate somebody who knows the sport enough to where they can speak to the un, uh, they can speak to the people who don't know as much about the sport, but they can also speak on a level where it's, you know, an obvious thing that they've played the game at, you know, past the high school level, you know, and know some sort of lingo in the game and know, you know, it's just like, I watch, I, I grew up around baseball and baseball is all about commentating, you know, basketball yeah. back in the day was all about real commentating, like real play by play and, and giving stats and, and understanding and not just saying what you see, you know, mm-hmm. but showing, you know, being able to speak to people like you're on the radio, you know, that's where yeah. commentating really like came. even Phil so, Rizzuto, knew, even in his old age, knew, uh, knew numbers. He knew right. numbers and he knew right. figures and he knew what, what uh, as far as seeing the future, man, he knew like what was going to come. One or two, expect a fastball here two one or two pitches later, fastball, boom, uh, you know, outside corner. I mean, I loved listening to him. I wasn't just about having an old man go, holy cow, you know? Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I love Jeff. I like uh, Jeff Alzina just because like he was really just on top of this thing, you know, kind of giving a different perspective on, on the sport. That was just personally for me because usually I only like statistical and I only like numbers, uh, but just to hear, you know, just a whole nother aspect of the game, you know, that you're not usually kind of, 
yeah you know around it was just really uh informative so i, I, I love that. jeff alzino i mean I'm, i mean he's he's on the he's on the broadcast thing with um uh, maddie bishop who, who who i never met but obviously he's someone that's known in the volleyball family right because that's how you get that job you i mean you don't just pick maddie bishop out of a hat from the midwest or somewhere but but and if and if they have if they have I, i'm wrong uh, then i'll admit i'm wrong but the net result is the same i like me some maddie bishop first but maddie bishop is a as a um a 1a or a 1b compared to what we agree on jeff alzina my man jeff alzina i'm hoping to have him on the podcast the option podcast we got um episode 48 coming tomorrow and episode 49 on thursday and hopefully it's um i'm working out some particulars with jeff alzina hope hopefully he'll be on but um you said you know um you, you're not a commentator but you love good commentating uh, um i am a good commentator and for personal reasons, you said for personal reasons, for me, for personal reasons and for professional reasons, make mine Jeff Alzina. The, the man carries himself with a decorum of professionalism. He takes, and on a personal level, people who want to know the game, he takes you on this journey with, with, with you through his eyes on how he sees the players. And next thing you know, you, you're taking the journey with the players because that's your, that's your job. Dude, that's your job. I un I understand that there's strong personalities on on broadcast teams where people come to watch them and 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 and, and ham it up and this and that. But just like Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, that stuff is done at the halftime show, and that stuff is done post game show. Which which in my opinion, still too much. I mean, I can go a whole 15 minute post game show and just just watch them go back and forth and laugh at a bunch of inside jokes and now, and, and I'm like. Okay, who won? <laughs> you know, I came at right. the end just to. I don't. I mean, damn. I. I. I mean, sometimes you want to know who who got who got so many boards or what what was the momentum that turned the game around this and that. By the time those guys are done, I don't even know who won. And those are guys that I like. Those are guys that I actually think are funny. So so um, with respect, and and I told Kevin Burnett this, and I hope I wasn't too hard on him or anybody else or even Cameron or if or if people are just too too or if they're too sensitive or soft as cotton about it. But this it's been it's been bugging me for a long time and and i'm glad i did say mention it a little bit you know his indoor and outdoor or whatever because i don't one i don't i always want my criticism to be fair and two i don't want to say anything behind some about something that i can't i cannot i'm unable to say to them you know i'm not going to be like oh hi how you doing and not say nothing about that so so i thought I, um in brief conversation i ran into him i was like not so much he's like hey and i'm like yeah just you're just my favorite here and not my favorite there and we're not talking about who's our least favorite so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it back my most favorite was jeff alzina for all those reasons for personal reasons and professional reasons i mean this isn't uh, our escapism is our career right this is our passion this is who this is who we are it's not what we do it's not a fucking hobby and i just said fuck but um this is this is what we do so um and I'm glad we can close the door on AVP, but not close the door on beach volleyball. Bring your attention to AVP America. Bruno Amorim, okay, a Brazilian sensation, was blessed with an angel. And I don't mean a, a figurative angel, a real angel. This man's first name is Angel. I, I don't know if they call him Angel, but I think he's Brazilian, so I just say Angel. Um, they won AVP America, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And um, congratulations to him. He was a bulldog, and I had a chance to chat with him. All right, and here's the chat. So my, here's um, here's uh, where I want to start. Describe the atmosphere in comparison and contrast to um, something that might have been pre-COVID. So we're in the COVID era, and we are doing a social distance thing, and we translated it to athletics, right? Uh, we yeah. know risk. Uh, we assume the risk, and we... We find ways to actually play the sport we know and love. So, describe to me the atmosphere 
um, compared and, and in contrast to pre-COVID? Was it more electric? Was it less electric? Or is it something you don't think about because you're in tournament mode? Uh, during the tournament, we I don't even think about it. You know, of course, uh, preparing for the tournament and uh, on the way there, there's there's you know there's definitely something for you to think about it. You know, what you should be doing out there or you shouldn't be doing. But when when you get to playing time, you know you start you you warm up for the first match of the day. That goes, you know, it's not my mind anymore. You know, it's one focus, one mission. Just try to 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 be the best version of ourselves. Uh, uh, during the tournament, you know. Nice. Cool. Um, just give me one thing that you thought your partner did well. Your partner did a lot of things well, and so did you. But if uh, you can say your partner did one thing that helped you uh, you guys enjoy a tournament prosperity, uh, what would it be? Dude, I, the love of, the love, what I love the most about playing with Angel is, is his patience. You know, he's so calm. And, and I'm full speed, right? I'm Isn't full he? <laughs> he? He never showed any sign of uh, uh, desperation or uh, emotion. You know, every, every after every single point, either if the point was our way or their way, he would come to me, relax, man, we're going to get the next one. Relax, we're going to get the next one. So that, that was pretty cool. They're never uh, a terrible body language towards me or towards anybody else. And that, that was something that I really appreciate, you know, this past weekend, besides, you know, winning nice. of work. God, he, really, he, cool. he seems like such a great player to play with. Like, he's not too emotionally high or low. And that is, that's like the ideal partner to play with, right? I mean, you've played with all kinds of partners. You've played with people who don't say anything. You've played with hotheads. <laughs> Where's Oz? <laughs> um, <laughs> fiery Cubano. Um, so cool. What's one thing that you thought you could have done a little bit better? And that you'd like to do a little bit better going going into the next into future tournaments. Oh, everything, man! I was so glad that I got served, you know, most of the tournament because one of my complaints lately uh, is like, man, I'm not getting served. I'm not getting served, you know. I'm being a setter, so that's what that was a little bit frustrating for me going into this tournament. And when we got there, we played our first match against the local kids, uh, Jake's bro, little bro. Yeah. And and uh, when we came to play when it went down to play against my Indy boys, the guys that I trained here in Indianapolis, they served the entire game one. And and I was like, thank you, man. Thank you for serving me, you know. just want to get better. <laughs> and they were laughing. They were cracking up. We beat them like 21, 13 or something mm -hmm. like that. And game two, they went back to Angel. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, everybody served there. They attacked me, you know, left, mm -hmm. right, short and deep. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to, to, to control my pass. That's one of my issues, yeah. uh, playing each. And and I was able to deliver, you know. Nice. Angel, give me, uh, give me. All right, cool, Bruno. Give me something about your pass on serve receive that you want to do a little bit, a little bit better. Whether it's um straight and simple, uh, whether it's one move to the ball, or whether it's watching ser um servers tossing contact. Uh, what's what's mm -hmm. one thing about serve receive you want to get a little bit better at? Creating space, ah. creating space between my platform and my body. You know, mm -hmm. every time I get served, I'm so concerned that indoor style just to just to get the ball up in the air and take my first step of my approach. Mm -hmm. So I just need to pass the ball first, create the space, you know, get my feet to the ball, then think about the next action. Excellent. That's what 
Excellent. I'm trying to work the most on it. Yeah, John Mayer calls it creating a string. I've never heard that term used before, but I worked with him for, for one year and now I'm using it all the time and no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. Um, right. <laughs> um, last question. At what point did you tell yourself um, we're probably going to win this tournament. Was there a particular point in the tournament uh, as you gained momentum and as you guys were in your zone that you were like, we're, dude, we're winning this. We're winning this whole freaking thing. Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday night. night. We, I was having uh, dinner with my, my buddies from, from Indianapolis. They wanted to play too. Mm -hmm. And and they asked me the question, uh, who do you think is going to win this thing? I said, do I put myself on this one or not? He's like, no. So I, I, I named Rafi and Dentler, uh, Cody and John Fihara, um, Adam Roberts and Ian. Yeah. Uh, what Jeff Sam was in Vandermeer, uh, they could be a really threat yeah. for the storm. Yeah, him you and Mo they got some chemistry. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Beside uh, Schwingle and, uh, and then Canoli, they're a good team too. And I said, but uh, we're going to win the whole thing. We're going, to, we're going to go all the way, man. Just get that feeling that, you know, one day is going to be my day and now is the day. I love that championships mentality, man. I like it. The day I stepped on the court, that's when I thought I was going to win. And I like it right. because if you're not there to be the champion, why are you there, right? So I get that. Yo, Bruno Amorim, you are the man. Thank you so much. I'm logging. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate what you do for, for our sport, man. Yo, you, guys are, you too, guys are man. Awesome. You too. Thank you so much. That was Bruno, Bruno and Marine in the house. <laughs> um, <clears throat> your reaction to um, him winning and um, also the kind of player as someone who's um, maybe run into him or seen him play live or, or have possibly even trained with him? Um, yeah, I think Bruno is the perfect example of professionalism, right? Like he he has obviously is the physical tools he's got a golden shoulder you know he's you know he, he's basically you know a perfect because he played opposite you know for such a long time you know it's just like give me the ball i'm gonna put it away you know so he's he's got you know he's he's a really really he, he has all the good skills like ufc if you're a wrestler you're on a really good base you know he's got a really That's solid right. base you know, and, and the fact that he's talking about the right things to get better on, you know, it's just, you know, offensively, that's scary. You know, it's, he's and he's a big guy on the on the net, you know, he's and his jump serve. That's the, I was think that's the biggest thing because that's such a tool serve. for him. But it's so different to do a jump serve on the beach than it is on the indoor. And, you know, but once you find that that, you know, that switch, you know, it's basically just a little toss, snap it in and have fun but man he puts so much pace on that ball and yeah. um and then it just makes that so much easier to get up to the net and you know make people have to control that ball like he, he's you know very very difficult I, I was watching you know a couple things a couple games watching the train a little bit but yeah just really good control still trying to keep some of that power not all of that and just try to you know rip that ball great yeah and then kind of like what he was saying for angel where you know and i think it might just be a cultural thing where you know, you just don't get too hot and too too heavy all the time. Then, you know, I'm just saying that. And then on the other side of that, I've seen some pretty hot Brazilians, you know, and just super hot-headed. But other than that, yeah. you know, I just think he's a, a, a fantastic person. You know, all I see is great things from working out, playing volleyball, being slim. with the family. He's slimmed down too, man, right? Slimmed down. You know, yeah, he's, he I think good. he's really trying to, you know, be about this volley game, you know, his beach yep. volley life. And, 
Um, I think it's great for him. Yeah, it's also great for him to have someone like Angela as his partner, right? Because if you are a fiery guy, maybe you need someone that uh, that's not too high and not too low like Angel. He, he's he's good like that. Like uh, a play that happened bad or a play that happened good, uh, the body language is, almost, is pretty much the same. You know, he's cheerful. He's got like, okay, next play. All right, we're good, this and that. So at this point, in uh, Bruno's point in career, I thought Angel was a very good choice. And, and ask him what he's won, Johnny. <laughs> he's won a, won a match. <laughs> oh, won a tournament. Cool. All right, hey, we move on to the NBA. All right, um, so the NBA, quick question. Let's starting with a few games in. Uh, were there any tell signs or any 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 kind of strong hints that uh, after watching a bunch of games uh, the last four days that made you think someone was a heavy favorite to win the NBA championship this year or in this in this bubble season? In this shortened season, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna put too much faith into it, but I honestly. I'll take the field on whoever's trying to tell me who's who who's the favorite because I think just from what I've seen, man, it's it's a it's a toss up. You know, the 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 I think the the hardest thing about the NBA season is that you got to go through the first eighty two games. You know, uh, you got to face teams that you'll never see in the playoffs, and you have to beat them somehow to be able to get into a higher position. Now it's just hey. You gotta, you know, you gotta figure out how to beat each team. You're basically playing the playoffs right now. You know, every everybody's playing basically preseason right now, and then it's gonna go into like all the way into playoffs in, in game 30, 40, You know, so it's just gonna be pretty crazy. Um, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I haven't. I, I can't say particularly because I feel like there's so many teams that are gonna look different come that sixty game time with players coming back, with players getting lost to coronavirus. Like, honestly, I, I, it's just, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, whoever has the most guys, <laughs> that's what I got. Yeah. Well, before I give my answer, I want to give a shout out to my new team, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Big shout out to to BK. I called them the New Jersey Nets last week. That was actually pretty funny, right? I'm such a I'm such an avid fan. I couldn't even remember if they were in Brooklyn and Jersey. But I gotta tell you, any team is better than the New York Knicks. All right. So big up to my new team, winning winning last winning Sunday night, 118 to 110 against the Washington Wizards. Congratulations. I mean, Levert, 34 points. Allen, 22 points and 15 boards. Harris, 27 points. Pretty cool. I mean, like you said, uh, because it's a shortened season, because um, people don't have to set themselves up for the long game and, and in, in light of this whole COVID thing and players opting out, and at the same time, offsetting each other with being zero positive tests in the bubble, um, I guess I, I got, I mean, if my hand were first, I got to go with the team that started it all. That was a heavy favorite. It's the, the, the Lakers. I mean, I, I tease you a little, a little bit, you know, saying they're not even the best team in LA or whatever, Kawhi Leonard and this and that, but that's, come on, man. I'm, I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you, Rob. I'm and, and, and if I'm not playing with you, I'm playing myself. Uh, to me, it's the Los Ooh. Angeles Lakers until, um, someone shows me they're better. They're going to lose games and they, they laid in a golden goose egg over the weekend, but just like the Bucks did, um, Rap just beat the brakes off the Lakers. That was crazy. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, You're say something. That's, I, I just feel like maybe this, you know, this the styles of teams now that have a lot of players to put in to come out and to still make their system go around, kind of like what the Clippers doing. Clippers were doing, kind of like what the 
Uh, Raptors did when Kawhi Leonard was there. They just had so many players with talent that it's you're still going to play a high level, you know. And I think that's going to be a huge for the season because players are not necessarily ready to play regular season games right away. You know, there will be injuries. There will be some some coronavirus. There just will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, that's that's all, always a matter of when, you know. But yeah, man. so I think those 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 teams that play by committee, mm-hmm. you know, and still have, you know, everybody's got to have a superstar to be successful. But the Clippers, man, that that makes a lot of sense if they again if they have all those players, you know, or they have enough of the right the, the players that they have, they they can make that damage. But then again, you know, Houston Rockets, man. Yeah. All they have to do is put players on the court. They don't mm-hmm. even have to play defense anymore. You just rebound and shoot. And I'm, so I'm always be really interesting. Yeah, and I'm dude, and I'm always gonna have respect for people who uh, go through great lengths to avoid this whole can't nonsense, right? I, I mean, I've been citing Dana White every week and this and that. And this week, I go with the NBA, right? They they didn't go can't. They said if we can, how? And this is the way they thought about it. Everyone thought it was ridiculous, and the, and, and the venue seemed more more uh, um, highly dubious too because of the spike in Corona. But they, they're 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 getting it done. And like you, I think like you were hinting, they're not going to get out of this unscathed with zero. But um, I, so far, so I mean, so far so good. We're I mean, some of us are like wait for it, but some of us are like let's let's just think glass half full and see how this works. You know. I just want to, I want to be wrong. You know, yeah. I'm just speaking from, you know, where I honestly believe that mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. really difficult to have 0% chance over an elongated period with yeah, maybe people coming in and out. You don't know. You just, but, right. You just you don't. Know, I'll just put it on that 1% that it may happen. But yeah, if I'm wrong, I would love to, to have a way that we can get back to live sport, get back to sports for all sports around the world. That's fine with me. You know, yep. uh, I'm not being cynical. Just, Give my opinion. Yeah, man. No, I mean, uh, there are things that are realities, right? And and sometimes when you get hit with a whole bunch of realities, <laughs> there's a good chance you become a realist. <laughs> All right. So next subject, uh, we're breezing through the NBA, but we're doing what we got to do here. Um, this one, I'd like you to take the floor first. Uh, Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic stood for the national anthem before his team's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone else took a knee, and he was the first player to, to not kneel him um, when the song, uh, the national anthem, was performed. Uh, later on, San Antonio's head coach, Greg Popovich, along with his, his assistant, Becky Hammond, um, also stood for the national anthem. So uh, my question is, do you think that they're going to get blowback on, on under the uh, by by maybe other players or under are people watching under this social climate. Um, probably, mm-hmm. but uh, you shouldn't. Um, I think this goes to uh, many bigger issues, but I'll just keep it on sports. That stick for the issues that you're for, you know, and don't oppose that on other people. Just keep believing in your issues and keep acknowledging your issues. If you have, if you want to speak out on those issues, your issues should not become somebody else's problem. It will be if it needs, but Jonathan Isaac has every right to stand up, has every right to not wear black lives matter shirt. Just like everybody else there has every right to take a knee, has every right to wear a black lives matter shirt. So again, I don't even know why this is news. Because there's a better news story instead of a divisional news story. There's the news story. Uh, I forget it. Forget the team. I want to say, but they had 
he was standing black lives matter shirt he said he wanted to stand because he had family members in the, the armed forces you know that's again there's reasons why people do things the the issue is when they're asked about why they're doing their reasons just explain why you know i don't need to know that you believe in jesus christ to ask you or have an understanding why just say i wanted to stand and i don't really feel like all this polarization is really needed i would agree with that but i don't think you should dive behind your religion and not answer questions when you're asked about a very simple reasoning why you're doing this you know so that's the only issue i have with it is yeah. if you're going to do something speak up with it and say it you know so that's the only issue i have but again he doesn't have to speak and say anything but you know people may construe his uh, his acts as something different. So I think he should just fully not defend, but just explain where he's coming from and not beat around the bush and use, let's say, religion to uh, mm -hmm. fill his answers for other people. I get that. Um, speech is a double-edged, free speech, Rob, is a double-edged sword. I remember Max Kellerman saying that because Max Kellerman is an attorney, he week after week made this argument, which I think was, was a fail argument, like if your boss or your company is making you stand for something that you, you may not want to stand for, you're, um, you're making, they're making you parrot his free speech. Um, and I think that's a very weak argument uh, for the NBA in a, in a sense that the collective, the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement, their, their contract, that's, I mean, it, it was already established they have to stand for the anthem. So, so it's a non-issue for basketball as much as it, as, 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 it, as it is an issue for football because for football, they didn't cover that in their contract in the CBA. Okay, so, so, so NBA, for people listening, NBA is NBA, and this is why you don't see this, this major problem or this, or like this, it's this huge story in, in ice hockey or baseball. Perhaps those other sports have a CBA that says you have to stand and they all sign the contract. And then, and then that's it. That's, that's, that's right. You want to work for your boss. You can't all, you can't say what you want to do, what you want. And sometimes, sometimes you got to do what they do it, do it their way. Right. Um, football, if, uh, pe reminding people football, if you remember, People stayed in the locker room for the national anthem until 2009. Okay, people have no memory, dude. The people have no long memory. People in football, people stayed in the locker in a locker room until the national anthem because they were announcing starting lineups. So, the the U.S. government paid the NFL 4.2 billion dollars for them to stand out there for something. I'll, I'll shorten the sentence, Rob. Uh, shorten the paragraph for paid patriotism. That's, that is what it is. Um, but if someone pays you to do that, that's called paid patriotism. Okay, so because it doesn't even matter if the person standing believes in anything or not. So, uh, so this is con um, completely different from Kaepernick. So. Um, free speech is a double-edged sword because everybody's like, oh, it should be their right to express themselves. Um, but just because it's, it's he's expressing himself not every, not like everybody else, he should never be vilified for that, okay? He should be allowed to express himself because free speech uh, uh, is there to protect unpopular speech. Free speech, the First Amendment is there to protect unpopular things, not to protect popular things. If I mean, if it's popular, we don't even have to, like you said, it, it's not going to be news and neither should this be news. That's that's this guy, okay? I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a Jesus super freak, but I love me some Jesus, okay? I don't, I don't have to go to a church to love me some Jesus, but I do understand where he's coming from because there are, uh, there is, there are some biblical references where... Um, um, 
they were asking, should they pay taxes there in Rome? You know, and the Jews are under Roman oppression. And, and he's like, whose who's face is on the coin? And they say, Caesar, well, if it's his, you got to give it to him. So that's what um, this, this, this guy, Jonathan Isaac, was trying to say. If you're in a place right. um, and you have to pay what's due, then you have to pay what's due. So that's that's where religion comes in, and that's where a lot of people were confused about it. And, all the, and they don't even have to read the Old Testament. Just go no further than the book of Matthew, people. Do some research before you criticize, okay? That's that's Jonathan. Uh, I just got to say, though, please. I mean, he could have just said that. <laughs> you can't. That's all. You can't. <laughs> he needs me to save his soul, all right? Um, is it that right. hard that people you don't like? It's like like yeah. so, so someone saying, "Oh, I, I said sorry, but I said it in Spanish." Do you yeah. understand what I said? Yeah. No, I didn't because I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, not a lot of people actually read scripture. I'm sorry, like that's what I'm saying. Is like well, just not not knowing free speech, right? Where you're coming from? Don't say it's Apostles two eighteen. I don't yeah. need to know that. I don't need to know. I don't need to go nope. into my Bible and find it out. This is your time. Yeah. This is your platform to speak about your issues and what you want to talk about, right? But him so, being wrong uh, about that is also free speech, right? Ignorance is not totally, only bliss. Ignorance totally, is not only bliss, Rob. Totally. It's constitutional. <laughs> totally. But that's all. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And where the outrage should be coming right. from no is doubt. that he's hiding behind an answer that he could easily just say mm -hmm. instead of just going into you know the Bible's the, the Bible spiel. Right. You know, yeah. honestly, because I I read the Bible as well, but I could talk to somebody without reciting Bible verses. Right. right? Yeah. So that's um, all I'm saying. It's just being a little bit human. And maybe he hasn't been on interviews like that in his life. He looked a little bit nervous. I get that. You know, he looked but, a little green around the gills, didn't he? Yep. Totally. totally. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. No. I, I'm nothing wrong with him. I'm not I'm not, you know, shooting at him. You know, I'm, he's he's nope. doing what he does. You know, he needs to keep rebounding because that's how he's going to stay on that magic team. No doubt. But other than that, yeah, you know. Well, that shuts the door on him. And I mean, we don't need the we don't need to slam the door or open the door all the way when it comes to Greg Popovich. Are they going to vilify Popovich for it? Let them try. Right. Let them try. Popovich. Be the funniest thing. It's Popovich's ex-military. Okay. And anyone that served in the military, I served in the military, my father and my father before him and my father before him, all the way back, tracing roots all the way back to World War I. For people that want to know about the flag and not necessarily the national anthem, the flag, because people just, they get received opinions. This is not an opinion. This is a historical fact. The flag was a military guide on during the Civil War, representing a, 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 a unit. An, or, or a company or a battalion of, of soldiers that decided they wanted to use that symbol to that symbol to fight oppression. This is so ironic. Someone kneels, someone someone stands and fights. So um, the reason why you you have a lot of people who are star spangled ex military that choose to stand for it, it's they're not saying f all of you. They're saying it means something different to you. And I respect that, and I fought for the right for you for you to express yourself or whatever. But at the same time, free speech is a double-edged sword. That's their way of showing respect for something that was created that's supposed to supposed to represent something. So to those people, Rob, I just educated the masses here. Um, it symbolizes hope, not success, not American prosperity, not making America great again, not that this country is is great, has always been great, used to be great. None of none of those. No, 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 no. It represents hope, a bastion of hope to a commitment and ideals for autonomy, okay? And if that doesn't happen for everybody and you want to kneel, take a, take a knee. But to some people that stand, they appreciate the ideal. 
not the fruits of the labor, not the success. We're always going to fail as a nation. Every nation's going to fail as a nation. So that is why people who served in the military stand. That's why Popovich stand. And it goes back to what I said from the beginning. You want, any, anyone who wants to come at him, let him try. Because his activism has been significantly better than, than a lot of people who kneel and call themselves activists. His activism, and, and he's, look, you know he breaks his silence, Rob, and, and he's got something to say, or if he wants to do something, he's going to do it. Now, he, the man always has my respect. He could kneel. He could lay down with a big pacifier in his mouth during the national anthem. I don't give a damn, because that man's activism shows who he was more than, more than what he's posing. Yeah, and I don't know what Becky Hammond's reasoning is behind it, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> I, I just really don't get, because, uh, at, at, like, two, like, a week ago, it was, oh, they get to put, you know, something other than their names on their jerseys, you know, and then Ooh, we're going to get into that just in like, later. Yeah, but again, like, who cares, guys? Like, <laughs> gosh, dang. Jeez. So let's um, let's briefly touch on uh, UFC because we're, we're we're honestly trying to make this a fifty minute show, but sometimes sometimes we get happy about stuff, and sometimes we're just like, okay, we have to address this and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, UFC uh, Bronson against um, I can't even remember this kid's name. He's a Ronda Rousey. Uh, Shamadazan. <laughs> yes. Edmund Shamadazan or something. Yep. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Um, pupil protege he's been this part of their their camp since he was nine years old he's kind of is a he body. related to that guy by any chance uh, um edmund targaryen uh, uh edmund um Tar- uh, i said targaryen no more albanian names my dude um but is no. the coach of ronda rousey related to that guy edmund no no hmm. no i i do think they're both um um albanian maybe um, like Manny Cambirian, I thought him and Edmund were related. They're not. They're just they're just part of a bunch of you know sav- ruthless, savage, aggressive dudes. You know that 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 can coach and win. I think Edmund has made a lot of mistakes, but he's still a good coach. This guy was undefeated. He was eleven and zero. So, but that wasn't my favorite match. My favorite match, Rob, was um, Vincent Luque against um, the Jamaican dude. Um, I had his name, Bobby Green. Out of Queens, New York, Jamaica, Queens. Bobby Green, pretty good, pretty good fighter all around. Submission specialist, heavy hands. But Vincent Luque has been through some wars, and he was more than ready for this guy. And it ended with like a knee to the face, which everyone thought was a grounded opponent. But he, what he did was he yanked him up with the guillotine, yanked his hands off the ground and kneed him, which is perfectly legal. And one shot was all he needed to to put the kibosh on him, and that was it. My, that was my favorite match. Mm. My favorite match kind of surprised me too, but Joanne Calder, Calderwood, yeah, Scotland versus uh, Maya, man, that was that was good. The, the thing I really loved about that was I I love the pace. I feel like a lot of the times in the women's game right now, it's like a real touchy feely kind of how you know men's MMA was for a very long time. You know, first two rounds feel them out, or first round feel them out. You know, kind of get your thing going. This was like right from the start. They were, you know, they were testing each other's range, throwing some kicks, throwing some bows, you know, ended up scrambling on the ground for a bit, you know. And this is just, I, I think the women's game is just going to be different. You know, everybody's like, oh, where's the knockout artist? We got our Amanda Nunez. We got, you know, it's just not, it's not the same, you know. It's just, I think it's once, you know, we have enough time to see what the women's game fully comes to. I think wrestling and ground and the ground game and 
uh, jujitsu is going to be super, super uh, effective uh, in that game. Um, and that's kind of where I really feel that uh, who's she going to go fight now? Um, that Maya did, you know, she's super strong on the ground, you know, but she was also solid on her feet. And once she was on the ground, and I see this in a lot of female fighters, just kind of lost, you know, and, and not understanding how to kind of get into certain positions to either take advantage or to just be defensive and get out and stand up again and do what you're great at, you know. So it was great on Maya. She she looked she looked aggressive from the bottom trying to uh, get her omoplata and then, you know, rolled. I don't even know what called call her. Oh, yeah, she I mean, rolled into a freaking uh, yeah. straight arm bar. It was like, I, mean, I don't, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was wonderful to see just like that activity on the ground. And that's what I feel like Jessica Andrade should be, you should be doing. Like, She's I don't need so her to be. She's so strong too. Why does she yeah, choose to stand? That's what I'm saying. Like she, she wrestles people to the ground with the skill of jujitsu. Like you need to, you know, come on coach. Yeah, Let right? her Khabib people, you know? Something, <laughs> something man. Oof, so, oof. All right, so you heard the horn. So you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for good idea, bad idea. Let's see if I got my clock. All right, here we go. Yay. Rob, good idea, bad idea. 48 players opted out of the NFL season. <laughs> well, um, I think it's a good idea. Again, super high level of... Uh, perspiration or, or transmission um, between football players. I don't know if they're going to have face shields on when they play, but uh, it just seems like it's better off maybe not figuring out something better for this season, you know. Um, but the other side of it, the, you know, they're getting paid if uh, they actually need to not be there. Uh, they get paid a little bit more, and if they just choose to opt out, pay a little less. But it's good they're at least getting that paycheck and able to support their families. Yeah. Hey, Rob, got to agree. Good idea. Right. I mean, listen, listen, nobody, nobody's um, making everyone stay at home. But at the same time, nobody's making everyone leave their house. OK, there's no law that says you should have to leave your house. There are some people that know that we don't know everything about this. We only but and and if staying home is the way for them to go, stay home, opt out. Cool. Rob, good idea. Bad idea. Um, Butler forced to change his jersey because it had no name. Um, I mean, bad idea because, uh, if he doesn't want to be known by nobody, let's just let him be not known. How about that? He's like, you claim the rest of your time here, Jay. Yeah, you can take this. Rob, uh, look, I don't even know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. It's a silly question to even ask. I think maybe I was just running out of ideas. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea because I told you before that people doing statements and social change statements on their jerseys was a slippery slope, right? And then we got into the whole thing where someone couldn't, wasn't allowed to wear free Hong Kong, right? And then, uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's already started. There's our slippery slope. And now this man's like, you know what? Nothing nothing at all. This isn't the NBA season. Uh, this ain't a Black Lives Matter. This ain't free Hong Kong. In fact, I'm not even Butler anymore. WTF. <laughs> It's the first good idea, bad idea. We didn't even give an answer, and I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, not doing it. They're gonna have to miss me on this one. <laughs> so, all right, that's it. That's it for good idea, bad idea. Let's switch. Sorry, let's switch, like that. All right, Rob. So 
what's uh, my favorite sports movie recommendation of the week? Not for its favorite sports movie. Jason's sports movie recommendation of the week. I know you're expecting me to be like a little acute with it. You're expecting me to come up with some movie you guys have never seen before that I highly recommend. But I'm feeling lazy today as much as I'm feeling emotional and sentimental. So I'm going with Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Show me the money. Do you like the black man, Jerry? I love the black man. Say I love black people. I love black people. Who's your motherfucker, Jerry? You're my mother motherfucker that's that is my movie listen sometimes you gotta sit and chill with your girl right guys are into sports but if you're lucky enough to have a girl that that watches a sports movie that's mixed with a chick chick flick or if you're lucky enough to have a girl who's in the sports but's down but is down with this chick flick sit down with your girlfriend watch a movie feel good about yourselves cute little kid t- top gun highway to the danger zone becomes a super agent cuba Gooden jr becomes a superstar why receiver and Renee Zellweger says yeah me out alone <laughs> me out alone my movie of the week sports movie of the week Rob that I give four McKibben beards to not one not two not three but four McKibben beards Jerry Maguire all right well mine <laughs> for this year I mean for this week it's a movie that like you know when you watch a when you watch a movie back in the day and it's like an all time great, you know that for the rest of your life. It's hard when you watch a movie for the first time and it's a new movie and like you know it's amazing, but you're like, man, is that re- did I really just watch one of my favorite movies of all time? So this is a five five McGibbon beer for sure. Uh, one of the most like canny, I mean the the idea that was put in place anyway by Billy Bean, if you know what I'm talking about, was just so revolutionary that literally all they had to do was make a movie of what happened. They didn't have to put in any extra stuff. All that craziness happened anyway because they changed the game of baseball. And the name is Moneyball. It's one of my favorite movies and it just shows how amazing and how in-depth you have you can and have to get to be successful in a sport not derived off statistics but understood well through statistics and and most sports try to you know glorify your game through statistics baseball actually shows you how terrible you do each and every time like you're one of the best hitters of all time Derek Jeter hit 330 and 63 for his career I may be wrong co points off but pretty damn close he hit one out of three times every time he got up you know, so just that idea that, oh, I have to be perfect. I have to, you know, hit the ball every time, get on base every time, you know, statistically it doesn't feel right. But those guys have to sift through that and understand how to melt the team together and make them successful. And this movie just shows you that a guy came in with an idea and a plan and changed the game, I think, of management and how all sports should be generally managed uh, from Pitt, the top right? down. Yeah, yeah, man. it was one it was unbelievable. Yeah, Brad Brad Pitt's not just a smoke show, man. He's a very capable actor. I, I could say uh, with a heightened level of certainty, Brad Pitt, just like Denzel Washington and one or two other guys, I've never seen him perform poorly in a movie. I've seen so many movies that I've seen a lot of movies that missed, uh, but it really had no, nothing to do with him. You know, what was that movie he played in that was like he was a he was a delivery guy? It was like some crazy. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, I wanna, I, I can't remember. They'll, they'll, they'll message us, they'll message us, they'll yeah. tell us. They're yeah. like, dude, y'all oh, should know goodness. that. Um, oh, I usually have a ton of shout outs, but I'm, I'm not doing any, any of this week, you know? I mean, if there's no shout out to give, I'm not gonna give one, right? This is Sports Debate Tuesday, not Hot 97, all right? We got, we got people for that, okay? Just give a little New York love. I, I ended up giving a shout out. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, no shout outs for me, just I'm gonna say the same thing as Rob, I'm gonna beat him to the punch, just stay sane, stay safe be good be good out there people that's it man same thing rob yes sir same all right. deal all right cool man we wrapping up right here man this is a great episode man i love this episode because we got to talk about our wheelhouse and i hope all of you appreciated this at um just covering what we what we uh, talked about in the beginning particularly in the avp any volleyball people email me message me post on this on itunes or spotify post on this on on youtube under ny varsity sports my facebook handle which is trending also ny varsity sports come come message us let us know what you think give us some feedback say we suck say we're great uh, but for now, for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads on um, watching it wherever, for all of you on your iPhones online at Starbucks watching a, stay, a social distancing, but watching us at the same time, for all of you on your desktops, who rules the world? Old school, old school. For everybody, I am Jason DeBiss. That man is Rob McLean, and I speak for both of us when I say, we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.